Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome once again to Cult Following, your local podcast source for film discussion, film criticism, and film knowledge here in the Phoenix metro area. I'm one of your three explorers in the deepest reaches of celluloid angels to some, demons to others. I'm Victor Moreno, along with Kirby Nelson. <laughs> And Joshua T. Ruth. Watch that first step. It's a doozy. Join us as we explore film criticism here and every month on Cult Falling. Join us for reviews on cultfalling.co. And if you enjoy what you're seeing, give us a like or a subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, and everywhere. Quality podcasts are bought and sold. In this edition, we're going to talk about the fall movie season. What's been going on so far? Because we're right at Thanksgiving right now, you guys. And we're going to talk about some of the stuff that's been coming out. We're going to talk about Suspiria, Overlord, uh, The Crimes of Grindelwald, and much, much more. So we're going to just jump right into it, because I know you guys are excited to hear yeah. what we've been watching. So, uh, Kirby, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been watching? Well, I keep trying to stop buying movies since I spend most of my time on the Amazon Prime lately. Um and I've discovered it is a bevy of uh, never released films, right? Like, uh, Post VHS, yeah. Like, nothing on DVD, nothing on Blu-ray, except maybe in foreign markets. So um, I caught two. It was uh, Tom Atkins' birthday. Thrill me. We love and, Tom Atkins and here. Tom Atkins rules. So I decided instead of watching Maniac oh, Cop, I thought, or... thought this was the name of the movie. Oh no! I thought the movie was called Tom Atkins' Birthday. <laughs> Tom Atkins' like, What birthday. is this fucking movie? I hope <laughs> someone. If somebody's doing an Indiegogo for that right now, I'm backing it. <laughs> oh um, my god! It was your average birthday <laughs> until Tom Atkins got up on the wrong side of the bed. Oh, so good. John Carpenter presents Tom Atkins' birthday. (laughs) John Carpenter With Vivian Lee and Jamie Lee Curtis. Presents. With special appearance by Adrian Barbeau. (laughs) Um, He fucked your mother (laughs) and most of the women in the 80s. He's back to finish the job. So, what were you watching for Tom Atkins' birthday? So, Tom Atkins' birthday, amazingly, if I had seen this in the 80s or sometime or even the box, I really don't remember it, but is. The New Kids, starring James Spader, okay, Lori Loughlin, All right. Tom Atkins. Lori Loughlin, like vintage Lori Loughlin? Yes. Yeah. Hello. Childhood crush Lori Loughlin. Yes. Prime rad era. Pre-Lori um, Lori Loughlin. Dang. Yeah. Dang. But she, um, it was uh, Tom Atkins, and um, it, it's only a briefly because he's one of the parents who gets killed. Um, in a car accident, bum, bum, and bum, 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 bum. and then the mother and uh, or the brother and sister um, end up moving with uh, which I mean you can only imagine this in 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 a pitch room in the eighties was all right. So what's going to happen is they're going to move to their crazy uncles in Florida, who's a total John Candy like shyster dude, and uh-huh. he has his own ghetto Disneyland, like a total roadside tourist <laughs> trap amusement park. And then they run afoul of, like, literally Johnny Lawrence, uh, which is a peroxide blonde James Spader. Um, okay. Yeah, who who's a drug dealer with a bunch of redneck cronies. And it starts turning into this escalating, um, you know, tit-for-tat situation uh, until the, the final showdown. And, uh, you know, it's not So this perfect. is like Max Creepy James Spader, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he is prime, prime creepy in this. Nice. Uh, it definitely, uh, 
It's amazing too because he has a, a chest of a molester, like '80s van, like mm, yeah, with waterbed and quadraphonic sound. Um, it, it's pretty incredible. Wow. So, uh, he it's it's really good though. It, it was it's not perfect. It's a little bit more of a thriller, but towards the end, it earns its horror film points. So, really, really enjoyed that. What yeah. was the name of that one again? Uh, the New Kids. The New oh, Kids. and I'm sorry. Directed by Sean S. Cunningham. Of oh. Friday the Thirteenth fan. I was trying to think of. Fame. There's a lot of marquee names in talent involved in this movie. Um, it also has one of the best posters I've ever seen from an '80s horror film. Um, definitely check it as out. As I as I pull out my phone, <laughs> yes, please do. Well, I thought it was going to be more like Class in 1984 because that's the way the um, the poster makes out to me. It's got a little bit of that theme, and I love Class in 1984, but it's definitely its own beast. Um, it's just that classic bullying tale, but gone to like the nth degree. Um, this so... looks like a Goosebumps cover. Wow. Is it the one I'm looking at where it's like two kids, she's holding a baseball yeah. bat, and there's like fucking Fuck weird you, that ain't face. no R.L. Stein, man. That's some <laughs> real this deal shit. This looks like, like Fear Street. Oh, that looks amazing. What it's awesome. See, about? exactly. See yeah. Guys, yeah, on yeah, Team Laughlin here, man. <laughs> a new ticket I, to terror from the director. I like the faces the in the background. They look like the yeah. baby face from Happy. Well, Earth I haven't Day. seen any um, I- images of this that even, aren't even like high like res. Pixelated, like yeah, it's Lori very Laughlin. all pixelated. So, That's what's the great. deal with these weird little faces? Because it's an amusement park that oh, the, the oh, uncle owns. So, gotcha. anyways, but um, really enjoyable. So, oh. um, the new kids. They can't afford to lose. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Tagline there. Well, yeah, they tried. And this it. was, I guess, um, I looked it up and this was not a particularly uh, financially successful <laughs> film, even in its time. So um, <laughs> Josh is zooming in on Lori Laughlin right I, now. I got a high resolution. Oh, there you go. There you go. And uh, yeah, zooming in on Lori Laughlin and her derpy boyfriend. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, that's her that's, brother that's actually. An idea for a but cover they did for our episode. <laughs> but they did move to Florida, so it may be that case now. Hey, listen to the tag. Okay, the poster. I love when posters that they are alone on their own, without parents, without friends, trying to make it in a new town. Facing a dangerous new enemy, a gang that will stop at nothing to add one new word to their lives: terror, terror, terror. <laughs> it's, it's like when brevity did not matter uh, on movie posters. Yeah, good lord. And then when I didn't think that one could be one upped, uh, I caught. Uh, I love werewolf films, yeah. especially '80s werewolf films, and not yeah. just the classics that we all know and love. But the really low budget, shitty, like, uh, you know, uh, definitely glued on some fur, uh, with Elmer's, um, type of one. And that would be the, uh, definition here of one of the weirdest ones I've ever seen, which is called Lone Wolf. Yeah. Lone Wolf. Lone Wolf, yes. And it is. Yes, only a lone wolf. There's only one werewolf in the whole movie. Oh, I was going to say, I, I was expecting Lorenzo Lamas to be in this movie for some reason. That would have made it so much better. But it, great. instead, Channel 45, like on the weekends. Yeah, I'm. It, instead, I hadn't looked it up, but it definitely seems distinctly Canadian. Or maybe it could be that it's just shot in the winter. Which is just the way I look at right. Canada year-round. Totally. Um, I can picture that myself. I, I just picture... Canada in As a, the the winter, surrounded by wolves and snow. That too. 
Well, and I just want to keep this theme of geographical discrimination going on. So yes. since I already talked shit about Florida, but that's really easy. Yeah. So, um, but Lone Wolf is basically the interesting thing of where I ended up hearing about this was is that I heard it was a heavy metal horror movie, which I love, like Black okay. Roses and uh, Rock and Roll Hell, and you know um, some of the other ones you know that exist like that. And I had never heard of this one. And yes, there is a band in it, a rock slash like glam metal kind of band who plays um and they do have several performances to pad out the running time but it really is just this you know scooby-doo mystery of them trying to figure out who the werewolf is werewolf does kill several people so it's not like a lot of ace films where there is no body count like especially one you don't see i mean there's some graphic deaths with horrible special effects but it's really um a lot of fun. It was yeah, not like, always is this expecting. Early 80s, late 80s? Uh, I would say pretty early eighties. I mean, if you, I mean, I think it was shot a few years before it was released. Um, because the one of the best parts about it is is that they're in a class learning computer programming, and I'm like, oh wow, if you'd all just stuck with this, oh, your right? lives would be so much better Doesn't right have now. Any of that hot old tech in there. It does yeah. does have many uh. Is 1988 according oh, to IMDb, okay, okay. but it 80s. looks like 85, 86. Nice, nice. And the description on IMDb, the sum- summation here submitted was uh, a struggling, excuse me, a struggling, struggling rock band and other college <laughs> students. So sorry, it's college students cope okay. with the trials and tribulations of their young lives and find themselves in the role of determining what exactly is behind the recent full moon killings, which have been attributed to. Wild dogs. Gosh, uh, Billy, I really want to be an accountant, but God, all these kids are being killed by wild wolves. Wild dogs, I heard. Oh, I'm sorry. This was filmed in Denver, actually. Oh, okay. Same so difference. I was already just, yeah, talking oh, yeah, shit. But, a, um, yeah, it was. It could uh, have been filmed in Denmark, and they all could have been doing American voices. Gosh, Billy, I'm so close to my degree in the right, thing. Right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> That went a little Yakov Smirnoff towards the end there. In (laughs) Denmark, wolves eat you! (laughs) Well, I I also say there is no user reviews. There's no user reviews, critic reviews, plot summary, um, pretty much anything related to this. So, come to cult following for your only source of lone wolf. Lone wolf. Lone wolf. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah it's um if you're definitely looking for like an odd werewolf yeah film, and who isn't this oh, one to check out oh, so i would say tis but, the season but yeah victor actually is the one who really turned me on to the fact that there are many like vhs only tiles of prime Some, i know we talked about that a couple episodes ago with yeah. the stepford wives so totally. i've been like really like digging in and there are a lot of films that have never been released i i couldn't find any um you know, physical copies. I I couldn't even see one streaming uh, except on Amazon. So I'm telling you right now, Amazon is doing the Lord's work. I mean, I like the idea of these movies being out there, but God, I really would like to have a physical copy of it. You know, that would be nice. Yeah, but it is interesting. They seem to be filling that role of kind of like the you know straight to video. There's also like a lot of smaller movies just on distribution that you find on there a lot as well. So, I mean, it is really interesting in terms of just a, a, a place that, that, you know, stuff can be seen. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, just because I'm a huge fan and always want to shout out, my favorite band is, uh, my one of my two favorite bands is the band Death, who created, pretty much created Death Metal. Um, but they were also incredibly progressive, jazzy, 
Um, they were all over the place, just an incredible band. There's a great documentary called Death by Metal, uh, which is streaming now on Amazon, which I also enjoyed. I've been um, catching up. Also, that's the other thing I really like Prime for, is it has a lot of really good documentaries, especially ones that are recently released. Right. So, nice. yeah. Yeah. Those are my big ones. Any uh, big uh, movies you've been seeing? I, mean, um, I think there's some that we both have seen, but like we can like talk about those ones. Um, I would say the two biggest ones are, because um, I think it's been a while since we recorded, so I'd say Suspiria right. is probably number one, and then more recently was Overlord, okay. of which I just posted a review on called nice. following.co if you, you want to check it out. The, uh, the review for the Suspiria. Suspiria as well, um, yeah. and I did read that review. Um, uh, you love that movie. Oh, absolutely adored it. <laughs> no, yeah, I honestly think that your, you know, your review is very fair. I mean, you, your, your bona fides were on display in that article. Um, and I definitely think that, you know, if anybody were to, uh, look at that and, you know, the way that it's read and just, you know, you certainly can't say you don't know your shit. And I will definitely say that, um, I wanted that movie to be better. There's something about it that I love in the the bonkers nature of it, you know. Uh, me, me, and Adam talked about it a bit on a cult following. Actually, yeah. you'll see on here. But basically, that was kind of our take on it. That it's like it, it's good. It's just it's like too long. Oh yeah. It's oh like yeah. Way I mean, too the long. whole thing, and it, you know, keeping spoiler free. But the the thing about the doctor, oh, like, yeah. I feel that that entire first of all that role. I mean, that entire storyline was unnecessary. Well, it's weird because that whole storyline with the Doctor is the main storyline of the movie. He's the movie's protagonist. Yeah. yeah. That's, like, the thing that you, like, you know, because I've, I've seen a few people, like, kind of try to get around this. And, like, oh, no, it's all about Susie and her journey to find Mother Suspiria. No, it's all about that Doctor and the fucking war, the war and his wife. I mean, it ends with the, the, the heart with their initials. Yeah. I mean, that's just a, it's an odd, I agree. And it's I think that an it's, odd taking, take. it's taking the uh, approach that, um, that the audience really cares about that character a lot, which is like, I honestly didn't that much. Um, I was way more interested in Susie and what I saw was happening, you know, and frankly, you know, what happens at the end, even though it took a little bit of a different, uh, you know, manifestation than I expected it to. I kind of saw those power dynamics happening from the beginning. I think yeah, a lot yeah. of us did. And I was like, this is an interesting kind of turn on the original film. Um, and I, you know, I think the, the way these power dynamics are being used is a really interesting thing, but it was bloated. I mean, it was just, bloated well, it that doesn't, that, that's my number one. The yeah, whole thing is, I mean, it doesn't feel like a, like a, like a Argento movie on any level. To no, me. If, no, it's, like especially the end, like is straight. It's a fastbender movie. I mean, it really wore its like influences on its sleeve, you know. And like the whole deal with that is like, you know. I mean, it's it's no secret who plays the old man. They've I they've mean, said it. They've a, said it the, in interviews. And it, it, here's my thing on it. I think that there's enough people that don't know it. However. If you go into that thinking that's a real old man, I don't believe you because yeah. no one does. So I, mean, I, I feel think that's like the stunt, evident. the stunt behind that casting right. is what castrated that storyline. But I also feel the storyline, even if it was an age-appropriate old man playing that no, role, no, if it was, like, it would so, still be a bad. Tilda story Swinton line. is a good actress, and I, I'll say that she shows it in multiple occasions throughout this movie. But I feel like, um, you need... never once was she convincing. Yeah, exactly. Never once. No, and it's like a, a an actor with gravitas something 
to lend to that. Like, it's hard to act under and tons of latex. And it sucks because she was so good as Madame Blanc. Yeah. Like, she freaking owned that movie as Madame Blanc. And I can understand them doing it because I think that that's kind of the approach that they're doing. Like, the idea is that because they're trying to do this kind of feminist approach on it, is like you only have female well, actors, female yeah, yeah. actors, right? And it's like, so you only do that right and in a way you're kind of you know stripping the maleness away from the yeah and that's what i i read that it's like that that character's haunted by his wife so that's all you see in him is the feminine and i'm like no that's just bullshit like it's just it's just bad it's bad filmmaking and it sucks because there's so many things that are right in that film um i think that the cinematography is incredible throughout the mm -hmm. entire movie i love that look I love the. I stand by the end being a Marilyn Manson video as, when um, it goes full tilt. No, I feel yeah. like the end feels more like something out of a Brian Usna movie. Yeah, that's what I'd heard. Oh no, no, no! I meant not. I'd no, heard. I'm when it but goes like, red it, filter. But, but, it's yeah. completely. And it's like, not yeah. just when it goes red filter. Is that it goes lower frame rate? And true, true. Yeah. That lower frame rate mixed with the red filter. Yeah, it definitely. It's Goth did. Night. Yeah, it, it was yeah. Goth Night. Yeah, and I don't yeah. disagree with you. But I mean, all those points. My whole thing is, is that yeah, if you were going to expand the story. To make it your own flesh it out i um the whole thing with Susie's family i'm like wow this could have actually not been something substantial but something interesting and well, they just completely here, here's the whole that. thing that like like given the revelations behind who Susie is so was that all bullshit i mean you could read it that way you could it could be i don't think it was i think it was more like it was like that was the the vessel in which you know could Susie, be you know was uh you know brought up so um you know but but and it would and that seems perfect right that seems appropriate for kind of that idea of of, uh you know who she ends up being as a character um but uh but you know ultimately uh yeah i mean i I guess a lot of things i liked about the movie i think the stunt casting was was really terrible i liked the third role that um tilda swinton played um but um it just you couldn't understand half what she was uh, saying. Yeah, you know, I liked that role and everything, but yeah, like what was she saying? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I yeah, like I said, I liked the movie. I just wanted to like it a lot more. It's just like yeah. not where it's oh, yeah. not where I thought oh, it would. Oh, you know, I did. I was super excited for that. I mean, yeah. especially as much as I loved "Call Me by Your Name" and as much as I loved "The Terror," and that's really where I'm more disappointed. Like, I'm 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 less disappointed with Luca as a director. As I am with uh, David, uh, you know, Katanic, I guess is so his name is pronounced like Katanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think um, I don't know. Still don't know where that T sound comes from, but it's a J. Like I would think I could see Katanic, but I think it's just like it's just from. the thing with like foreign word pronunciation. Yeah, I guess, but but anyway, yeah. but but regardless, that that writer, um, I just I think he failed, and it sucks because because here's the thing, like. He had written that movie, The Invasion, you know, with uh, Nicole Kidman. Well, and I talked Craig. about it. To, right. I, we, we, I talked to him about that. Yeah. And basically, like, there is nothing left of his dream. Right. And I know yeah. you mentioned that. Yeah. But so it doesn't matter that his name is attached to it. And this was bandied about as, as like people like, oh, the new Suspiria. Oh, it's from the same guy that wrote The Invasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like that was already a questionable move. Um, um, but just, just by having this movie not be great, but then it's like, I was like, yeah, but no, the terror is so good. And then it's like, now all he's, I almost, I almost feel like maybe this would have been better as like a TV show. Yeah, I don't. It would have been more bloated then. I no, because like, I mean, if you if you want to tell these stories, I mean, because there's characters. I I honestly feel like one. I feel it was a mistake using the names of the characters from the original version. Yeah, and like. Because, like, basically, I feel like a lot of those girl roles, like, um, 
Chloe Grace Moretz part should have been. By the way, it was terrible. In terrible movie. in the movie, and she should her character should have been combined with Mia Goss' character. Right, that would have been a complete arc right there. Yep. Chloe Grace Moretz' character is completely useless to the movie. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm. It sounds like I'm being really harsh about this, and, it, and it's like I still like the movie, you guys. And it's not like nitpicking. I'm just like there's definitely issues with the movie. Yeah, there are things I like about the movie quite a bit. I just, it, you know, I guess the issues that I have, if, if this was not a remake of, like, one of the greatest movies ever made, like, you know, like... Well, you I can mean, you can have, this could have been a remake. I just don't like that, like, one, that they lean so hard into, like, using, like, names of the original characters. And yeah. They're completely different. I think if this movie would have come out and there was no original Suspiria, right? Which, of course, gives the movie way more credit because it, it builds off of it. But if this movie was a movie that just existed, I would think about it in it probably in the same way as I think about, like, Mother, but, like, maybe not as highly because I think Mother is kind of, like, a masterpiece. But, like, but like in terms of just, hey, where, this is weird-ass freaking movie that came out of nowhere um, that is just, I have to respect it for its gumption. But mm. the problem is that, like, it's not, a singular movie it is a remake you know and you yeah. can't help but compare it to that original um and it's a really questionable move for like luca to have done right after i mean luca guadagnino to have done this right after the cachet he earned with the uh, i feel name. maybe he was trying to like lend that cachet to something like this and thought you I know i respect that not just doing another oscar bait movie like i respect that completely um, I also liked the Tom York music, but I felt that the you parts know, where I there didn't... was, uh, like, the music was fine, but the parts where there was, like, songs with lyrics, I Yeah, think oh, no, terrible. that's me and Adam, just yeah. were going through this whole thing, like, why are there lyrics Yeah, in, there should in be score? no lyrics. And I, See, I, I completely believe, I completely really believe now, 100%, yeah. we talked, like, Johnny Greenwood is a much better film composer oh, than, oh, than yeah, Tom dude. York. I'm Especially sorry. Especially after looking what he did for Phantom Thread, like, oh, yeah, that's not even close yeah this the i mean the, the soundtrack in this movie is so sparse like there's long stretches where there's like no soundtrack at all yeah like yeah, i would hardly call this a score what's well, interesting because i actually um went and saw claudio simonetti do the original score suspiria live with the film playing oh and, is this the one a couple weeks yeah ago? a couple weeks ago so it's interesting to see it it goes a long time too it feels like in a lot of spots and it's very repetitive you could tell they were getting pretty bored after a while with it. Now, this is the fourth or fifth time I've seen Gom perform and the third time I've seen him perform a film live. Um, and they really, uh, it's it, it definitely varies. Now, I mean, all films are going to have uh, a score that's repetitious or it's going to have um, similar themes or codas or whatever way you want to look at it. Now, you know, I, I think Suspiria, I mean, it's one of my favorite Goblin scores by far. It's absolutely beautiful and perfect. It was just very interesting having seen this, like, seen the performance live a couple weeks after I saw the remake. Yeah. And uh, now part of it maybe is because I'm a Radiohead fan or I enjoy Tom York's um, other film work as well. I felt that this, that was probably one of the only, not brave, because it was not, certainly not anything stepping too far out of the boundaries, but I felt it worked a little bit better. Like I said, there's things here I, I talked about in my review. The cinematography's great. There's some great performances. Um, I talk about in the review, so I'll say here, uh, Olga's death, and she dies in the original, too. Yeah, it's horrifying. It's absolutely incredible and horrifying. And um, 
that the problem was too for me, and I didn't say that in the review. It's it set the bar way too high, too fast. Um, you know, I I liked that death. I do think I liked the Mia Goth uh, thing better, where she's basically a puppet. Yeah, that was okay. my favorite. I liked that way better, and I thought that's where the movie like kind of started to pick up. Yeah, I, I definitely think that the the yeah the, yeah the Olga death was so much more visceral. Just like I mean, that was and I liked that like, it was oh practical, and I liked yeah. the editing and the yeah, cuts. it was just the cuts were really good. I liked what they did in the end. Yeah, um, the 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 headmistresses and stuff. I, I just it's just one of those movies where I mean, like I said, I I pretty much spoiled my piece. That's why I'm letting you guys. I know now, obviously, with the other. Uh, mini sode or side episode we do uh, yeah. you do with adam i mean it, it's kind of an exhausted topic totally. and it's interesting because i think the biggest thing that can be said is suspiria is something that people really wanted to talk about for a long time or felt mm-hmm. it would be such a benchmark yeah and i feel like pretty much everything now has been said and it's, done a lot of people love the movie i mean in a lot of the circles i follow like a lot of like you know whatever like groups i'm in on uh, online and stuff like people there are people it's very divisive Oh yeah, um, yeah, but there are people that absolutely love it. Say say it's one of the best movies you know of the year for sure. So yeah, um, but yeah. So and, and let's just you know since we're at uh, we're kind of deep into the the fall movies here. Let's talk about Overlord. Um, now, have you seen Overlord there, Victor? Yeah, I saw yeah. it. I went to the press screening for Perfect. it. So um, yeah, so we've all seen Overlord. Which, by the way, like I didn't realize up until very recently that that was Kurt Russell's um, son. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's, you know, Wyatt Russell is, he, he's he's a good actor. I mean, like, we, you know, he's in an episode of Black Mirror from the last season where it's like a gamer. Uh, he plays a video gamer. Right. And uh, for the most part, I think uh, that um, basically in this one, you know, I'm, I don't really know who Billy Ray is, um, the he, writer of this movie. He wrote The Color of Night, Volcano, and uh, he also wrote Flight Plan. Bro, I know. Yeah. I was going to say that. It, that color was one of, of the most interesting ones. I was really interested color of night, to dude. find out who who wrote the, the the script because he's not someone I'd ever been familiar with. That was one of the first things was I kind of researched this movie after watching it. because I was well, well, There was a, another really big thing, too. I can't remember what it was. What was it? So you said Color of Night. Uh, you vol- said Volcano. Flight Plan. He Flight co-wrote. Plan, right. Yeah, he has a few different ones to his um his name. Yeah, because but... his name was like really pushed forward. Well, on he's that a guy one, too you know? who had done a lot of um. What they were saying was he's done a lot of script cleanup. Right. right. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Shattered Glass. That's what I was thinking of. That was a movie I really liked. Shattered Glass. He also uh, was Shattered... one of the co-creators oh, yeah. of Earth oh, Two. Yeah. He also wrote the Hunger Games screenplay. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like this guy's just kind of been off my radar. Yeah. Well, I mean, for somebody who's been writing for, he seems like he's one of those like workmen. Like. 25 yeah, years, yeah, exactly. yeah. He did uh, Hearts War. Stuff done. It was another big right, one. Right, right, uh, right. State of Play. Uh, Captain Phillips. Yeah, Captain Phillips. Oh, that was a good movie. Yeah, yeah but I mean, I felt like he oh, also... Breach. He was, breach. I yeah, love Breach. He did um, Secret in Their Eyes. He was the director yeah. of that one, actually. Oh. That's his only, I think, directing yeah, credit. Yeah, and this was directed by... Oh, I'm by, sorry, he also did Breach, yeah. By Julius Avery, who I'm also not familiar with. Yeah, but, he's um, pretty new. Um, This was like his first big movie. He's done like one previous movie, which seems to be the um the kind of the J.J. Abrams you know, kind of way of doing things, um, you know, because with that, um, with J.J. Abrams, like, you know, it's this kind of idea of like, 
picking obscure person having them do movie you know Mm -hmm. um so so yeah definitely uh seems to be the mo in fact i was like almost like half expecting there to be like a cloverfield connection in this movie right i think this actually was supposed to be a cloverfield movie at some point and you know it's it's a weird movie like it has these really like old school like titles right when it opens like overlord a paramount picture right but then the, the bulk of it i mean it's like it's almost like inglorious bastards in many ways but it's sort of like a movie out of time like you know given historic the lead of this movie and a lot of the stuff you know wouldn't have been an accurate portrayal of a world war Two soldier yeah um but for the most part it, it's a weird movie that it feels like you know, an Inglorious Bastards alternate history kind of Tarantino thing. But at the same time, it's also like, you know, Wyatt Russell is like doing this John Wayne thing, which makes him totally sound like Jack Burton through the whole movie, which is rad, but he's also not the hero. And and it's just like this weird, like almost Wolfenstein thing to it. Well, too. no, it's a complete Wolfenstein. That's yeah. why I, I think I said, closed out my review and said, you know, if you've been waiting on that live action ad- adaptation, this is the closest you're ever going to get. Right. But I had to laugh first because I was thinking when you were talking about Kurt Russell, I was like, oh, looks like more like uh, may a Busey may have fathered this one. Because <laughs> the second I saw his face, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, he definitely, um, that's the way I feel like he looks in his demeanor because he's, he's kind of the, uh, the batshit insane um, yeah, totally. cowboy. You are right, the John Wayne comparison. I, you know, one app. thing that I'll say is that when I... Um, when i when i had uh originally saw the trailer for this i was like no this looks terrible like i think this movie looks like absolute bs and then i saw it had like a really high rating on rotten tomatoes and i was like oh awesome mm, interesting know? um so i checked it out yeah but i don't know kirby like seriously here's my question like i know for the most part that this is the kind of movie that would make like a weird TV show, but I wonder, like, do you, what do you think about this? Did you like this movie? I didn't oh, read yeah. your review. Oh yeah, well, I just posted it today here. Um, but I really, really enjoyed this movie. Like, not because it's one that I'm gonna sit there and it's funny that you bring up like, oh, was it a, like a TV show or something? This is totally something I can imagine watching on like USA Late Night or something Absolutely. down the line. Yeah, but it's um. It's really, uh, I just had a lot of fun. Like, it was not what I was expecting 100%. Uh, the only thing I kept in my review, and I probably will hear in this podcast, is, is that I did not reveal what the origin of the evil is. Yeah. Like, because I felt like in the trailer, they kind of kept that secret. I agree. And what I'm yeah. saying here is, is that you can intonate from any trailer or any review that it's going to be something scientific or something supernatural or something, you know, it or a blend of the like two. Zombies. Yeah, exactly. Right. But what is it exactly? It, I I liked a little bit more. I also felt like this was um, uh, what do you call it? Saving Prior Ryan, directed by you know through the lens of Mike Magnolia, you know, kind of thing. Right, right. Uh, yeah, it definitely has a Hellboy feel in some spots, but yeah, for sure. I can I can absolutely see that. Um, I don't know. For me, uh, what I really loved about the movie was it wasn't even so much kind of the supernatural elements. Um, that it was the way. You know, like for example, and this isn't a huge spoiler, but you know, you have you have like a guy goes into base, you know, ends up seeing fellow soldier, you know, but like ends up getting him out, you know, and it's yeah. like little things like that where it's like 
you know, these are some really interesting kind of like war stories. And it was funny because like I went and saw it with Buddy and I was like, I was actually kind of so intrigued in just the war story aspect of it. Yeah. I actually forgot that it, it had like uh, supernatural elements to it at all. Oh, yeah, it's um, a know, good and then room. when that happened, it was like a cool surprise. Yeah, it's a good war drama. You know, has a revisionist alternate history history aspect, of course, because of of said supernatural elements. Right. But I felt, um, you know, it's definitely more. Tr- I mean, you know, it's definitely um, more accurate representation of probably war in a lot of respects, though, of that time period. Yeah. Than I mean, obviously now because a lot of video games, especially are having these huge, like, oh, well, we'll just rewrite history completely oh, yeah, yeah. because we can. Um, and, and to satisfy... How novel did that seem when Inglorious ba- Bastards did it, and now it's very, like, awesome. Well, yeah, but Inglorious Bastards, too. I mean, you know, yeah, you know, it's definitely... This is the most fun you're going to have at the movies, watching Nazis get killed since, uh, since Inglorious yeah. Bastards, which is always enjoyable. Yeah. But it's one of those things where, um, you know, it... it uh, I just feel like they did it right. It's not perfect, but they did it right. That that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go into a movie. I wanted to have fun. Yes. Um, not a popcorn movie. I want something with a little bit of thought and bite to it. But I just could not believe. I mean, the like I would say without spoiling for our um, end of the year podcast. I mean, definitely my biggest surprise of the year to date was Upgrade. That just wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, going Upgrade into that. Is, is very solid. And I would say Overlord now is probably a second in that category. Awesome. This is not what I was expecting. So maybe yeah. that's what made it a little bit better for me. That's, it's just uh, such a good roller coaster. It's, it's a really well put together, just fun movie that I just, I don't know. And I, I, I think I probably shouldn't underestimate J.J. Abrams as a producer. Um, you know, like I've had some issues with some of his films, but I well, think as yeah. a producer, he really, really has a, a talent for, you know, kind of finding, you know, directors that don't have a lot of films under their belt and kind of he's a really good showman. Yeah. You know, well, we're going to we're going to we're going to skip Cloverfield Paradox on that list. Yeah. 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 Well, well I, it... I didn't hate Cloverfield Paradox, to be honest with you. I, I, that movie got a lot of hate. I totally enjoyed that movie fine. Well, one I hadn't revisited in years on the director's side recently, and it's very interesting, especially in the whole uh, now post-Stranger Things world, is revisiting Super 8. Uh-huh. Is it's, uh, it's really interesting. Yeah. You know, I did it way before. And the, the, the thing about I actually felt like there's some parallels between this and Super 8. In the respect of, of course, not as much, nearly as much gore and brutality, but it was, um, there was something in it that I felt was uh, parallel for me. Um, but I just, you know, it was a good cast, uh, enjoyable film. It like, did, yeah. Don't get wrong, there's lo- a lot of really dumb things about Cloverfield Paradox. Don't get me wrong. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I remember the arm thing and like the whatever, like that, there's some dumb yeah. bullshit in that movie. But like, I don't think it was a complete train wreck. Like, no. I just think that like people were way too harsh on that movie. Yeah. Well, but that uh, where I'm getting at is the stuff too. Is the people who expect Cloverfield or whatever? It's like right. it, it. It just isn't. It, it. There is a Cloverfield aspect in this. It's just not. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's that element in all the films, but it's just not what people wanted. It's just you know because they want it to be directly related. And the fact is, I mean, Cloverfield is 11 years old now, and yeah. there still has been never like a direct sequel. So yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I don't think there ever will be. There ever will I hope be. They won't so be, yeah. yeah, so I mean, that's what I mean makes it work is that you can put that kind of into. Yeah, other I mean, universes. I thought Eleven Cloverfield Lane was like a good movie, but I don't consider that part of like I don't consider that a sequel to Cloverfield. No, it's that's a great the sequel a, to Ten Cloverfield Lane. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't remember. It's a yeah. number. It's a number. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But um, 
I yeah, I really really liked Overlord. For me, it was like sometimes you just see that movie that scratches the exact right itch. Yeah, that's you know? a perfect and that's exactly what it was. It was that liked, Friday I, night. I have a buddy, you know, who came in from out of town. And it's like we wanted to go have a drink, go to Electric Bat Arcade, see a, a dumb mm-hmm. movie. You know, that was totally just the right speed. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked the Pulu aspect in this. Uh, the the mean Nazi. Uh-huh. And, oh, I think a lot of people are like who, and it's like. Well, he was Bateau in Ghost in the Shell, but the main thing you probably know him from is he's uh, the batshit crazy Greyjoy brother that's trying to marry Cersei yep. on Game of Thrones right now. Yeah, yeah. Was- I just, I just like, I saw one review that was like, he's like a living Batman villain, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much spot on. Like, yeah. well, yeah, well, that's the thing. I like uh, when I watched it, I was like, this is probably the closest thing you'd see to a horror version of Captain America. Yeah. You know, and I also want to say I did watch this back to back with Punisher Warzone. Yeah. So my bloodlust nice. may have may, may have been at like an all time right? high when yeah. I went and saw this. So yeah. it was well seen. Because years ago I saw this movie, uh, this this uh, movie from Spain called The Last Circus, where if you watch it, like it doesn't really have anything to do with Spider Man. But then it like the director was like, "Well, this is my version of a Spider Man movie." And you like look at it from that lens, it's like. Oh shit! It's totally the Spider-Man origin story, but with characters that are nothing like Spider-Man. Okay. And this, you could look at it. And it's like, yeah, this is kind of like my version, like his version of like, yeah, Captain America and Red Skull. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh yeah, Twisted it's completely. Uh, yeah, the Red Skull part, especially. Yeah. But, yeah, just enjoyable. Yeah. But now we caught up with the two big ones. What are you guys well, been yeah, watching? And then there's also we got some else. A little bit of the wizarding. Like, what do they call it now? Oh, the, the wiz- wizarding, wizarding world. world. Yeah. Oh, the wiz- oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I forgot. Well, that's why I was going to go into what you guys have been watching. I know Victor's yeah, yeah. gotten a head start well, like, on a couple of That's like ones. two of the things I've been watching. I, I watch like three things total. Okay. Uh, like, as far as like newer things that are in the theaters. Other than that, I've been playing Red Dead Redemption yeah. too. And also, when I'm not playing Red Dead, I'm watching um, Deadwood, which I've been rewatching uh-huh. lately because it's very within the theme. And I'm excited because they're making a Deadwood movie. That's about it. Uh, just rewatching Deadwood, which is uh, always a, just like that show is freaking great. That show is amazing. I love that show so much. All of it, all three seasons. But um, no, but but definitely want to talk about Fantastic Beasts, um, Crimes of Grindelwald, um, Grindelwald, as they say in the movie repeatedly. Yeah, I mean, is there is there much to say? Like th- this is an interesting thing to me uh-huh. because like I think there's a lot. To no, no, no. Well, my my main thing is this. It's like okay, so there's clearly a hunger for you know more Harry Potter. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then it's like there's a Fantastic Beast, which wasn't a Harry Potter movie, but uh-huh. was set. Oh, really? In the, w- but was set in the Wizarding World. Right. You know right. that based on like a like a textbook in the Harry Potter universe, sure. right? So, so literally a like a like a fifty page book that yeah. she released, and that's being turned into five movies, right? And then it's like, okay, he has adventures. They have like his own cast. It's all set in America. This is going to be. See how they take this universe off. Well, then there's the crimes of Grindelwald, which is like, well, you got your American, you know, finding animals right. with with uh, new characters movie. So let's just do. Uh, we're trying to get ahead of Detective Pikachu no, here. You guys, okay, we're really trying. All the characters from the last movie are yeah, side characters amazing. in. Dumbledore's love story, the movie. Yeah. And that's what this movie is. I like literally I mean, I don't know. If they I, were really I think doing so. Dumbledore's and love I story, think they wouldn't I'm pretty around. sure 
like based on the reviews in critical mass this movie i mean there's people who are gonna watch it no matter what but like for the most part like it this movie unless you watch the other harry potter movies you're gonna be totally lost dude i mean i've read every book and watched every movie and i was totally lost I mean, you've got you've got some major issues here. Um, I, look, I will say I, I liked a lot of the movie, but like yeah. as a major Potter nerd here, maybe the biggest one in the room, there are some major issues happening here. Like, for example, why do we see Minerva McGonagall at Hogwarts as a teacher ten years before she was born? So, like, for people that know the actual history there, there are some questions here of a screenplay written by J.K. Rowling that just straight don't make sense. I think J.K. Rowling needs to hire the people who do her fan sites to run the timeline the same way George George R. R. Martin does, where he just hired the people who ran Westeros.org to keep the timeline straight. Because I I need to see a movie where... They fucking explain to me where Jude, where where like uh, Dumbledore goes from like three piece suits, where teaching uh you know you know defense of the dark arts to becoming like I'm gonna wear robes and grow a giant beard. Right. You I know? mean, I that I, I get that, but that was also a long time. So it's like okay. So I guess in some ways it's like people change. You know, you get in, into different I, fashion when you get older. Or whatever weed you got in Diagon Alley, I, I guess. I, I, I like, don't know. I mean, it's just it doesn't seem like when when is Tom Riddle like in Hogwarts in the sixties? Like the it's like the fifties. Okay, so this is like twenty years from that. It, uh, no, this is like no, no. It, it, this takes place nineteen twenty seven. Nineteen twenty seven. Yeah, so like exactly. twenty five years. years we'll okay, say. maybe a lot of drastic stuff happens after World War Two, right. which also plays into this movie. That was. I thought that part was. interesting. So if you're going on an actual yeah. linear timeline, uh, then you would be at what uh, the first Harry Potter was ninety seven, ninety eight. Right. I mean, if you if you want to live in the actual like the current world, so uh, yeah, that's seventy years already. So Dumbledore has to be at least ninety. Well, I mean, Dumbledore's older. in his hundred. Well, yeah. yeah, or his no, hundreds. I don't think he's in his hundred. They say he's that in, in Harry Potter. I think Harry he's hundred and forty. Is yeah. what they say. Um, so, so yeah, so yeah, you're right. I mean, I just not over 100. Yeah, 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 and it was because of Nicholas Flamel. And, yeah, which they know, do yeah. explain in the yeah. whole philosopher. Oh my god, I hate to say that. That was the most groan-inducing like cameo of something since oh, Crystal the, oh, Skull. Seeing, seeing the philosopher stone. He, yeah, the sorcerer's stone. It's like, oh really? If I look yeah. a little further back, am I going to see the Ark of the Covenant? That was like the. By the way, poor one out Stan Lee cameo. It's like, look, it's just, it's a philosopher's stone. Yeah, because like everybody was like, it's a philosopher's stone, just like leading over, telling their friends. And oh everything. yeah, no, no. When we saw, I saw this at the Cine Capri. Literally, when the first scene where they show Hogwarts, like halfway through the movie, everyone in the theater started clapping. Whatever. So did I. Stop it. That's Hogwarts. <laughs> I really thought you were just saying somebody, somebody. That's Hogwarts. Damn it. I was like, I was waiting for it. Oh, and then everyone came at once. Yeah, like, that's pretty much I mean, because, yeah, well, there's always going to be that, too. I mean, my whole thing is, I haven't watched this yet. I am being harsh on movies. It is, uh, uh, here's uh, the thing. There's, but there's a lot of things to be harsh on with that movie. Like, so it's okay. But anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you Oh, off. no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, I haven't seen yet. Uh, the one thing that's, uh, like, I, you probably are the biggest Potter nerd here, but I, I mean, I've always been a fan. I have been. Part of it, too, comes that it's actually interesting at Thanksgiving time that most of the films were released or the first couple were released um, around Thanksgiving. Right. My folks are huge fans. Yeah. 
my mother especially. So I've actually gone seeing every movie pretty much as much as possible with my uh, with my family over the years. And so we'll probably be going and seeing this this week, which is why I waited. Yeah, but um, I mean, for me, when they announced it, I'm like, I enjoyed Fantastic Beasts. I right. just don't care much. It's one of those ones where it's going to be fun to go see it with my family. I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But I've watched Fantastic Beast the the first film once since it was released. I, I didn't really love that movie either. Um, so I mean, for me, yeah. it's 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 no, there's no like overwhelming urge to like oh god I gotta go see it opening day or I have for to me, go see it. It was kind of like almost fun because like I used to be so into Harry Potter, you know, to be like oh you know a new Harry Potter movie's coming out this weekend. Sure, I'll go get lost in that world for two and a half hours. Yeah. You know? So that's kind of like the way I viewed it is like in a very low impact way. But there are certain things that, like, as a big Harry Potter fan, like, really bother me about it. Like, I mean, even things like, you know, why does Grindelwald have the um, the, the Elder Wand at the beginning of the movie? Like, they don't explain at all how he got that. And it's like, you, you have five so movies. So, wait, he, that is, that's the wand they're trying to get in, what was it, which Harry Potter movie And, is like, it? that's, like, seven, part, part seven. The yeah, the Deadly Hallows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, how the... Dude, I didn't even think of right. that. Whoa. And Grindelwald did have that. And yeah, he Dumbledore did. Dumbledore gets that from him in like the 40s. Um, Dumbledore beats Grindelwald and gets the Elder Wand. But they don't explain um, because it was actually um, the uh, the wand maker, like this famous wand maker that had the Elder Wand. But they didn't explain how Grindelwald got that um, at all before this movie. And it's like, wait a minute. That's the kind of thing you're supposed to explain when you have five movies. You know, you're supposed to tell that kind of stuff. Um, and, and then above and beyond that, there's just like the whole basic nature of like, you know, by, by taking, um, that, that main character and, uh, you know, what his name is right now, the, you know, whatever, like the main dude. Oh, Newt Scamander. Right. So Newt Scamander, like, um, having Newt Scamander be like, um, you know, like a secret agent all of a sudden also goes against what that character is. Dude, what I hate about this thing and like. Right, there's a part in this movie where he meets up with Dumbledore. And he's like, well, if I was in your shoes, I wouldn't want to help either. See ya. And then at that point, he is literally a side character in his own movie. Right. Because it's like it, the only reason he needs to be in the movie at that point at all is because Dumbledore's, well, you could leave, but I'm leaving my glove here with my magic card. Right. Well, and that's my point. It's like if 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 the movie, if J.K. Rowling was really brave as a as a writer at this point, and guess what? Anything she writes, they'll do. It doesn't matter what it is. Anything she decides to to any direction she goes, they're gonna go with her because she's their their golden <laughs> chicken right now, right? So I mean, at that point. Why why make it a Newt Scamander movie at all? Like, why not just go whole hog and say, you know what, this is an Albus Dumbledore movie now? Because they're basically doing that, but then just having the shoehorned Newt Scamander yeah. as a, um, a character in here. You know, and I mean, there were things I liked. I, I liked what happened with Queenie. Um, you know, I think that was a cool direction. I also thought that um, was kind of forced. Yeah, she was eccentric. Know. Now she's just crazy. Well, I mean, I got you on that. Yeah. But at least, you know, but I, you're right. There was a lot of character work that wasn't done between the films. Yeah. But in terms of the end result, I like it. Um, you know, and then also, like, I won't talk about this at all, but like the ending and then the questions that that ending creates oh, yeah. are just insane. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of issues that i have but with all that said like 
I really liked a lot. I really loved Lilo Lestrange. Like I've never been like as like Zoe Kravitz looks as, exactly like Lisa Bonet now. It's like, really freaky. Zoe Kravitz is like I've never been as in like interested in her as an actress as I was with her playing Lilo Lestrange. Like yeah. there was something about the way that she played that character that she brought more kind of gravitas to that yeah. role than I've ever really seen her do before. But yeah, I, you know, I mean, not to cut you off for a second, but I do want to say that I do, I also enjoyed Zoe Kravitz in this. I also liked the guy who played Newt Scamander's brother. I thought he did a really good job. Yeah. That could have been a really thankless, stupid role. And he, like, they had, I mean, he looked like him. Totally. You know what I really liked, too? I would have just watched a movie and even, you know, the mechanical thing was just that forced and fan service thing. Young Newt Scamander, I thought had like Dude, that, more he charming. Killed it. He, I would have rather watched that movie. He was so movie. good. He was so Newt Scamander. Hey, look how clear I sound now. I mean, it's not going to be any. It's not going to be any surprise to the audience that I've been super quiet the whole episode. But we had technical issues. So anyway, we're sorry. Yeah. Thanks you, for still listening. Yeah. All right. Here, here's what we'll throw in. <laughs> we have a podcast studio, you guys, and we have like literally like a five mic setup. One of our cords went bad. Yeah. So we just had to kind of like. <laughs> we figured it out. We though. figured it out. So yeah. now, now he sounds normal. Yeah, sounds sorry about good. that. So sorry about all that stuff you missed. I promise you, it was perfect. Yeah. It was yeah. amazing, and every single word was incredible. Right. Yeah, um, but now we're all good, and you only had to suffer through forty. Minutes. Yeah, totally. But um, uh, also, but also, and then there's like Nagini. Like I'm like, what, dude? <sighs> all right, I'm gonna get into this shit because it really bothered me, and I'm not a huge Harry Potter person. Yeah. Nagini is fucking Voldemort Snake. I know. And you know, this one we find out. Oh well, she's really this creature that's cursed. She's a human being right. who's cursed to become an animal when one of her morphs becomes. Which again, not a spoiler because there's literally a poster that has her and it says Nagini. Yeah, right. And she has a horrible life where she's captured and she lives in a circus sideshow. And at and she's Credence's pseudo girlfriend in this is what it kind of seems like. Partners in misery. And all I could think of this whole time is. Why should I even be invested in this? Because at some point, right. she's going to become Voldemort's pet snake. Yeah, it's true. It, this is one of those I mean, problems you know, he does prequels. treat her good and everything, but like, yeah, I mean, it's but, just fucked But yeah, up. I mean, she's basically a were snake who eventually will be permanently, slate, permanently a snake. Like, that's just weird. I don't know. And lose all memories of her time well, as a human. And the way that they explained that in the movie was, like, so, like, I Am don't know. And exp- Like, it just, a lot of it feels like, you know, it's like that, you know, it's the reason that um the original, like, the, you know, it's the reason the Empire Strikes Back is, like, so good. And, like, the prequels are not. Is because, like, you have somebody to interpret all of this shit wouldn't it have been awesome if nagini had told credence her fate or what was going to happen to her as they grew closer because right. that's called character development right. you don't just Instead info of having, dump the yeah. moment you're seeing her exactly and that's the thing i mean imagine an empire strikes back oh we've got hand trapped in carbonadium for you dog <laughs> it's this process by which he's trapped in a state of suspended animation that is excellent this way I can deliver him to the Emperor. Right, right. What do you have to say about that, Boba? Nothing good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's like, and I worked in it, some bad impressions. It's, Thank it's, you. No, it's good. It's, it's perfect impressions. <laughs> I was like, it's here in the room. But 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 genuinely, um, that's why you need good screenwriters like Steve Clovis to come in and interpret. And the, the work that he did interpreting 
her stuff. I mean, and taking the spirit of the Harry Potter books and creating such a beautiful, like, I mean, there's so many moments in there that are in the movies that aren't in the books at all, but encompass this feeling of the books. And Steve Clovis, like, I think just he deserves so much credit for the reason those movies work. And I would just love to see Steve Clovis doing the screenplays for this. Like, most of these issues I have are with J.K. Rowling as an actual screenwriter. Well, you, you think they'd recognize it to some degree since David Yates has essentially become the guy who makes Harry Potter movies. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly, you know, yes. Because, okay, right. we're, like... David but Yates. apparently Steve Clovis is not. Yeah. And it sucks because it's that it was that combo of Steve Clovis and David Yates were they were what made Harry Potter. Obviously all the actors and everything yeah. too, but like they were the reason that we loved those Harry Potter uh you know films and to get rid of Steve Clovis and just have her, you know, she's a fantastic book writer. I love J.K. Rowling books and I you know, she's not a bad writer at all. She's a very engaging writer. She's um you know, doesn't just write in dumb little simple sentences like she's a very very good and an incredibly i think magical writer of books but that does not translate to screenplays and mm-hmm. they're two different uh, you know things and so it just you know again it's like when when one person tries to do too much it's like when george lucas was like when he was like well i'm gonna write and direct all the prequels no you need somebody to pull you back a little bit and i definitely think yeah. that's the case of jk rowling um and also you know i don't think we can uh, talk about this movie also just i have to bring up johnny depp um so distracting so not good i that's me making a noise folks yeah um god there's so much i want to say but mainly all i want to say is colin farrell was so good as grindelwald right and now we've got johnny depp it's absolutely true playing i don't know what the fuck he's playing in this movie man it sounds like i'm really harsh on this movie i Johnny, De- if you guys are not, he's seen basically this, playing himself. He's playing, but, this, but with the British like, accent, fucking weird Keith Richardsy like version of an aristocrat. And at the, some point, he towards the end of the movie, he gives this speech Ugh. where he suddenly starts pronouncing the names for humans in wizard language right. with the weirdest inflection. Oh, we don't yeah. hate. The Mughals, <laughs> the Namash—they <laughs> are different to us right. as the animals are. They are the other. Right, I'm like right. what? What? What the fuck is this? No, I agree. And all of that stuff, I just imagine somebody with more charisma being able to do that kind of speech. Colin and, Farrell you know, was so fucking good. I, I agree. I'm like, I agree. And to this day, here's what I'm saying. Okay. Was there an original Colin Farrell that he killed and replaced? I mean, there's no right. reason they had to have Johnny Depp okay. in there at all. With that said, that giant um, dragon cat thing was awesome. Oh, you mean the thing that was like the original movie's whimsical animal? Character? Yeah, totally. Um, where where they actually get into some fantastic beasts? Yeah. Um, I thought that thing was rad. Yeah. Um, I loved the. I really thought like the the CGI wizardry of that last scene, which I won't go anything, but it had to do with like the fire dragons. Yeah was just like remarkable like i just loved looking yeah. at it um like it was just so pretty and i just i i in the best of moments i had that feeling of like awe that i felt in the harry potter movies um and there's unfortunately yeah. not enough of that no. stuff um but you know there was definitely a few moments yeah. where i felt that but yeah overall i think 
you know, because we want to get Kirby back alone. He hasn't seen this. Yeah. I will no, say, good. I will like s- I said, I mean, I could you can fill in the blanks every time from every right. one of these movies. I felt that way about most of the Harry Potter films because there's a huge difference. I mean, like as Josh is indicating, there's a difference as being a fan of the books and being a uh, you know fan of the films, right? Uh, and yeah. you can be a both, but I mean, obviously, certain books were better and certain films were better, yeah. right? and that's and with this one. Like I, I felt Fantastic Beasts is enjoyable. It's just nothing I really wanted to rewatch again. Yeah. And this is, sounds like one I probably won't be ever watching again. So yeah, yeah that's just the way of things. Yeah. Totally. Overall, I can understand that. Um, yeah. I, I think the the other big disappointment for me this fall season has been um, the girl in the spider. Oh web. right, I I was actually going to ask you about that because I was really looking forward to that. Um. Uh. I, I yeah I I was really super interested Man, in that one. The the trailer's the best thing about that movie and really I, and like the whole movie. The, what's the director's name again? Oh, it's Fetty Alvarez. Fetty Alvarez, the guy yeah. who, who is great, Evil Dead. And yeah, Evil and both of those movies. I this love. is this is Fetty doing a Brett Ratner where you know, hey, we know you're a good director. Come in and workman like direct this oh, movie. Geez, that sucks. Because you don't just see a hack job. Just being. It's like not a, a hack job. It's really? a studio. Hey, okay. you need to hit this point. Director this point, for this hire. Point. Gotcha. Yes. And there's like one scene near the beginning that feels a little bit like lights out, and the rest of the movie is like literally like it's a bad James Bond movie. I'll okay. go further into this. The girl who in the spider's web is a complete fucking ripoff of Skyfall to oh, such really? an insane degree that I don't know how it got greenlit. It's all about her trying to recover a program called Firefall. Okay, I'm not even kidding. Wow, and uh. At that point, you you know, there's this whole thing where, the, you know, they're trying to destroy her, and it turns out it was her albino sibling. Okay. Which, you know, Javier Bardem is an albino in Skyfall. Yeah. And he's basically, like, Ursat's, like, James Bond. I could keep going on. All I can say is they recast everybody from the David Fincher one, but yeah. they act like it's a sequel. And the people who replaced Daniel Craig and Robin Wright are awful. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but so this is also uh, in the same story, but it's it's written by a different person. Like that person died, yeah. and so they just decided we want to still make yeah, the, money, the so they had new people write it. it Larson, right? Yeah, passed away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the estate basically just hired like a work for hire, and the guy who did it basically wrote a James Bond movie. Yeah. And everything that makes um, that makes Elizabeth Salander interesting seems really dated now. Especially like I hate to say it, like the politics of the day. Yeah, you know. So like when there's like, oh, she's this goth lesbian hacker. It doesn't seem so exotic. All I can think of is I know lots of goth lesbian girls who really like computers. Yeah, it doesn't seem so exotic. Her having a tattoo does not make her exotic. And it's just, it's, you know, I, you know, I, there's this whole thing about, like, there's this weird Orientalism in the fucking, uh, in the fucking Millennium Trilogy that really bothers me. Like, you're basically leering at this, like, male sex fantasy, like, you know, the Ready Player One thing. I could go into this. We all know about yeah. power and sex politics. But I will say, this movie totally seems see your point, so fucking dated in so many stupid ways. It, it seems like 90s as fuck, you know? It's just like, I don't know. I like I'll, I'll, I will say this. Um, 
Claire Foy does a good job of trying to breathe life into a character that has no personality. So who's the best Elizabeth Salander? Um, I mean, I think she acts more than Rooney Mara did. If uh-huh. you want to get your rocks off, and what I, about um, I know I think I think the Swedish one, um, the R- Swedish one, Numi Rapace, Numi Rapace, yeah, Rooney Mara is just doing a bad Swedish accent. Yeah, it's Numi Rapace, dude. That's like not even a a thing. Yeah, so there you go, girl who 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 should have stayed at home and not been written in a book. There we go, <laughs> boom. Um, I will say the best movie I saw this week overall was this movie on Netflix called Cam. And okay. it is about this Cam girl who's played um, by, uh, you know, the girl in uh, The Handmaid's Tale who has one eye? Yeah. She's the main character. Alexis Madel? No, Madeline oh, Brewer. Oh, right, right. Sorry, you're right. I, yeah. I apologize. Yeah. And uh, she plays a Cam girl and she's like, okay. oh, look, a movie that treats that The one as- who's in Orange is the New Black. Yes. Okay. And she's not doing it because she's desperate or anything. She is trying to be the best cam girl on her website, trying to crack the top 50. Right. And, uh, you know, she's trying to reach out with other cam girls, try to figure out some ways so she can make more money. So she goes to, like, this party with a bunch of other cam girls and to write a Sibian thing for money. What ends up happening at some point during the night, she passes out. Then when she wakes up, her cam girl channel is live and it's her so she calls it's like hey somebody hacked me it's playing a live video and it's like oh well we can't get in so then she pays money to get into her cam cam channel and the girl who is her starts interacting with her okay so there is a girl who looks exactly like, like her exactly who is like taking her. over her channel. That's awesome. I love yeah, that. We'll idea. Leave it there because yeah, I, really wa- I really, I really want to see yeah. this one. Yeah, and it's like yeah. I, I will say this: like this movie is like it's a cross. Like it's if you liked it, follows. Okay, you will okay. love this movie. Awesome. Yeah, and it's like um, okay. Yeah, I watch it's it. a lot like that. It, well, all I saw was I go. Stephen King gave it like a a really solid review. Oh, what it's, did you and watch so it I was on? like, it's on Netflix. It's, it's a Netflix an exclusive, exclusive. Cool. Yeah. It's and it's a Bloomhouse movie. All right. And like on the thing on the thing it says from the people who brought you Upgrade and Happy Death, Death Day. Day. Yeah. And what I will say, those are the best two movies to compare it to because it's cool. its own little concept. Right. That's really clever. I'm going to watch that tonight, I think. Yeah. That's Sounds awesome. Good. Yeah, that's the best movie I've seen so far this month. Cool. I, I, I really enjoy it. It's I, really good. I did want to add quick, just because I forgot, it was like a one-minute edition was, because uh, I mentioned when I was talking about werewolves, I totally forgot. One I have been looking forward to release this year was Slice. Oh, that's on Amazon. We keep yeah. meaning to watch is it. Is it actually it, out now? Yeah, yeah it is on, on Amazon. Amazon. Prime. Yeah. yeah, that's a it's a, a that's it's a chance to rapper thing, right? Like yeah, yeah but also it, has, but... it also has Zoe Beats from uh, Deadpool too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, and and also Atlanta. She's great. Oh yeah, I, um, I have not watched that one. I need to remember. Yeah, that yeah, at some for point. sure. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that's awesome. I didn't know that was out. I have to watch that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, nice. So don't 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 get your hopes up too um, high. I Sorry, it, like look, I but mean, it, honestly, walk watching a trailer, I was like, this movie looks like it could be so shitty, but like, um, you know, I still want to watch it. Yeah, no, yeah. no, definitely check yeah. it out. It, it's a short yeah. one, so you're not. There's no major investment, totally. time, or attention. Yeah, but the one thing, I, yeah, definitely do not go in hoping for major werewolf action. Okay, uh, that was actually what I originally when I right. watched the trailer. 
before I saw the whole, um, like it really kind of went on, I was like, oh, it sounds kind of cool. Like kind of a werewolf stalking pizza yeah. delivery yeah. people. And then it was like, ooh, this is not where this is going yeah. at all. Uh, no. um, not that that could probably be sustained for 90 minutes, but I just felt like, ah, it could be a little bit more. But right. uh, yeah. yeah, that's um, just a genre that doesn't, and a horror subgenre that doesn't get a right. lot of love. Let me finish up with a couple more. Oh, yeah, movies, definitely. Just Because so, we're doing the fall movies. I've seen a lot of the fall movies, you guys. So I'm giving you my takes. So I saw Ralph Breaks the Internet. Wreck-It Ralph 2. Um, I will put this squarely in the camp of The Incredibles 2. It is a movie that is nowhere near as good as the first movie. Mm-hmm. But you're not really... It's not hurting the original. Okay. And I think that's kind of the best thing you can hope for. It like It's like its own little story. Um, I will say, you know... You know, basically the whole gist of it is like um, the wheel on uh, Sugar Rush, like the controller on the cabinet, the wheel breaks and uh, he thinks he's going to have to junk the machine until like some of the kids at the arcade say, hey, why don't you just get the Internet? You can buy a Sugar Rush wheel. And they're like, well, it's going to be like 80 bucks. So then the characters have to hop into the Internet using the Wi-Fi writer try to go to ebay so they can win a wheel for sugar rush okay you know and then the way they do the internet is really clever so Um, it's like they're going into websites as opposed to going into other video games yeah they basically they hop into a router and then it's a little browser that gets them to little websites is it like a bunch of memes is this movie there there no 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 it doesn't like it it dances that line where it could have been a giant commercial but it isn't okay you know i mean there's certain the closest thing that gets a big commercial is eBay, but then right. it's like it's just a way for them to like play with other characters. Sure, sure. Yeah. But um yeah, for the most part it's it's done well. There's a fake game in it that that uh the uh, I don't remember her name, the little girl. It's Sarah uh, Silverman's. Uh, yeah, yeah, Sarah Silverman's character. It's vanilla uh, Yeah, something Penelope or Vanellope. Uh, uh, no. Vanellope, yeah. yeah. It's basically um What's that game with the that old uh, PlayStation game with? It's like a racing game with a killer clown. Oh, oh Twisted, Twisted Metal. Metal. Yeah, there's a game that's a cross between Twisted Metal and GTA called uh-huh. Slaughter Race. Okay, and she becomes addicted to it, and Gal Gadot is one of the main characters, nice. and they become friends. And there's this whole thing where it just becomes this sub, like this really awesome subversion of Disney sequels, right? Where like there's like there's a straight up like. Uh, Disney music number written by the guy who does all the Disney music numbers all about this song Slaughter Race. I mean, is it Alan Menken? Yes, Alan That's Menken. That's awesome. Alan Menken does a, uh, a, a whole musical number about this fictional GTA hey, the, game. You, you, now, now you have me. Yeah. You know Alan Menken who did all the Disney movies um and uh or, and then um you know like he did obviously Little Mermaid yes. and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. You know what he also did, right? What? Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Which he did before all that stuff. And yeah. I love the idea of them taking the guy who did, and him and Howard Ashman, who unfortunately passed away. Um, but Howard, uh, you know, Alan Menken and Howard Ashman, do. they're like, well, we want you to do Disney movies now. And it totally makes sense because, like, those songs from Little Shop are, like, so Disney-ish. Yeah. Right? Um, but, yeah, I just always thought that was a really cool connection. Yeah. For sure. And then also Alan Menken did the um the the song in captain america 
the Star Spangled guy yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, he's so good. So yeah, there's he there's an Alan Menken awesome. song in here. It's like really funny. And yeah, there's like it even does this whole uh, amazing post credit scene that riffs on the fact that of scenes being in trailers that aren't in movies. And right. it's the best scene in the cool. whole movie. Cool. So yeah, go see it. Exciting. It's good. Um I will say the other movie I saw uh was Alfonso Cuarón's new movie, yes. Roma. Um, which is all black and white. It's yes. about Mexico in the 1970s, and it is awesome. It is it is... the 1970s? Yes. Oh, I could have sworn I thought it was like a, around the turn of the century. No, or it something. is 1970s okay, cool. Mexico. Awesome. And like, I grew up. I you know I, I lived. I grew up in Mexico in the 80s, and it's a lot like that, like yeah. freakishly so. All right. And uh, man, it's fucking awesome. It cool. has Latin lover, this luchador, playing this like this weird like guru teaching like people martial arts it has like uh so much cool stuff going on but it's just like a slice of life movie yeah. and it's really good it'll probably get nominated for foreign language oscar for sure but it's like uh, one of the best movies i saw this year great very good it's probably one of the best like hey this movie actually will probably get nominated for oh, something. it's, it's really good Ron, you know like yeah. i mean the guy's got a hell of a pedigree behind oh him. my favorite thing is there's like the kid there's kids watching tv shows in this movie from yeah. the 70s they're not real shows but they seem like 70s shows uh-huh. and one of them is totally this astronaut who's like floating in space nice. and another astronaut has to come and save him. 70s television it's, mexico gravity that's great yeah it's like hey look alfonso Cuarón's doing a mexican ripoff of gravity which he also directed. that's pretty amazing <laughs> that i really dig that that's awesome yeah cool roma that's exciting that's gonna be on coming netflix right um yeah it is yeah, i really want to see that on it's a big gonna screen. be on netflix but it's getting like a, re- a release yeah for, right so it can go for oscars good because that's a movie i would really want to see on the big screen yeah. anyway for sure no and then i will say the last thing i did this a uh, few days ago me and adam and ruby and Anne, we all went to go see bruce campbell mm-hmm. the van buren and that was pretty fun he did this whole um like like nerd game show thing yeah it was funny so like Anne had put a post and i was like i had asked like on there i was like so do you think like our crew could hang and i think she misinterpreted what i said because i meant like could we hang with like do you think we would have done okay with the questions they asked like what was your um what was your just like in terms of like would you would you been able to, to so so here's what it is they give you own? they give you little clickers right and then he asks trivia question, and whoever gets the most questions right yeah. and answers the fastest, the top four get to go on stage. Sure. And you you answer questions in trivia, and the most more questions you win Bruce Bucks, right? So he'll ask a question, then he'll tell an interesting anecdote about yeah. something in his career. So I didn't get because there's a it's they're really varied. I missed a bunch of like Harry Potter questions. Oh, see, yeah, you know, but. Most of the people, I will say, the the girl who won like got everything right. She she awesome. would have if I competed against her, she would have beat me. Um, but when they get something wrong, you would call people from the crowd to okay. answer the questions. And I was like doing that. I won like a hundred and sixty Bruce bucks, and they got to a point in the second game where like I'm not going to call on you. You've <laughs> won too much already. <laughs> So does does your Bruce Bucks count for anything? No, they're basically they're dollar bills with Bruce Campbell's yeah, face I saw on them, some and they're all autographed. Oh, cool! So basically, you're playing for Bruce autographs. Ah, uh, cool. So, I mean, but that, that's that's like twenty dollars. So where's my Bruce Buck? I'll give you a Bruce Buck. I want more. I'll, Bruce I'll Buck, throw man. you a Bruce Buck. I'll yeah. throw you. I'll throw you. You rich Bruce motherfucker, Buck. you Bruce. <laughs> yeah, but it, I will you say, Bruce-a-crack? It was cool. give me the fucking Bruce Buck. <laughs> 
I will say, because I kept doing that, I got to interact with Bruce. And then there was a part where he was talking about, like, Old Spice. And then I, I hosted an Old Spice. Does anyone remember those? Like, I remember those. Sing for me. So then I sang the Old Spice version lounge for him. Nice. So if you go on the internet, there's a video of me singing for Bruce Campbell. Nice. Awesome. Yes. I hope we got some fun. extra Bruce Bucks for that. I got I think I got like a uh, hundred Bruce Bucks for doing that. Cool. Oh wow. There yeah. You go. Um so uh any anything for Black Friday guys? Are you doing do you go in for that? Any kind of sales you're looking to get? Um well I saw that revenge is six bucks on Amazon on Blu ray. Yeah, I bought oh, that. Really? Uh Cure to... for Wellness was four bucks. Oh, I need and, to get uh Morgan was four three dollars, three or four um, bucks. So I oh, bought maybe, that too. I think I have Morgan. If for I for Blu ray they're all Blu rays. If um, if I don't have Morgan, I'll buy that for three bucks. I'll just have to go look right now if I have it or not. Yeah, I uh I'll probably get revenge. It's like because I it's on shutter, but I'd rather Yeah, I have it on shutter, but I really want a physical. Yeah, it's yeah, six it was bucks six bucks. right now. Awesome. Um I always do the arrow, syndrome. The arrow critic, the, yeah. the arrow critters box that is forty three bucks right now. Yeah, I already bought it with the lithographs, and I got it for because uh, Shout Factory forgot to turn off the twenty percent off sale during uh, uh, San Diego Comic Con. Uh-huh. It was supposed to not apply to pre order, so oh, I canceled wow. all my pre orders and then pre ordered everything at twenty percent off Dude. plus numerous because uh, they keep shipping everything late and damaged. Yeah. So I just keep collecting stuff for free. And before that they damaged some other stuff so they gave it to me. But um I actually I have a huge long list, but uh for film there uh, one of course Barnes and Noble is doing the Criterion again, which I couldn't believe some of the ones like the new Bergman collection, which is three hundred dollars you can get for a hundred and fifty oh wow right now. And yeah. uh some other like bigger bigger sets. Um Vinegar Syndrome is one of the big ones. Uh they are doing the uh the Brad Pitt uh, early roll slasher cutting class. Um and then With there was terrible covers. Five well they did covers. they did um some multiple <laughs> covers and then there's two secret horror Blu rays I've heard one of them is going to be Mausoleum, and if that's true, I'd definitely grab it, because there's only going to be 1,500 copies uh, of it. Yeah, I'll probably buy it. I think I just sold my, I think I just sold my VHS. Of yeah. It, so. um, and then um, there is always, uh, you know, Arrow's got a sale going on. Um, there's a couple other big ones and stuff. I, I really had to think about them for a second here. Uh, I'm, like, lo- looking through my list here that I have. Ronin Flicks. Which is kind of the remnants of both Code Red and Scorpion. Um, they've been doing some really nice Blu-rays, um, especially of a lot of Italian films that was worth checking out. Um, Fright Regs has a really has, has a massive sale, and it for a lot of people, you know, I know a lot of people. Um, some people like their shirts, some people don't, but they also have a lot of pins, trading cards. I know I've given you guys a couple packs as gifts. Oh, yeah, so. Their um their train cards rarely ever go on sale. And I think they're fifteen or twenty percent off. Cool. And then um, what are their what's their shirts deal? Their shirts deals sometimes as low as ten to twelve bucks. Wow. So I'll from twenty five to thirty. So um yeah, some people like them. Some people I'm so I always, one right now. In fact. Yeah, I I love their. I buy more of their hoodies than their shirts these days, mm-hmm. but um I do love those. Um, but they have some killer pins and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of like independent people like I support. I love um, Paul Bear Press. I think it's got some sales. Little Shop of Gore, uh, Graveyard Goods, uh, Psychedelic Company. I mean, I can go on for like ever. Um, 
there's just a bunch of my friends at Forever Midnight I know are having a huge sale right now. Uh, some independent places like SRS Cinema are selling who do really good low Damn, budget. Damn, and here's SOB. the thing, audience. I didn't that's even find it like, for that. I just like seriously asked, like, hey, guys, interesting thing for, for you know, so you were on point. Oh, dude, I've already got everything all packed. Nice, yeah, I've dude. already bought a ton of stuff. Well, well they, also had a, they also had a sale on eBay today that was uh, 15% off anything in your total cart. Cool. So if total up, cart up to a hundred dollars. So if you were looking for something pretty big, you could yeah. get up to a hundred bucks off. So it was a good deal. I, so I got that that uh like that set of kimchi. It follows. I yeah. got during one of those where it was like I think it was like a thirty percent off one. Yeah, yeah. And I ended up saving a good amount on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't pull the trigger on an eBay sale because they do twenty percent off sales all the time. Yeah, that was kind of like a bullshit. But a whole sale. cart is pretty awesome because yeah. usually it's just one item. Yeah, this yeah. was this was a whole cart. So I I was able to get some not not huge but things I've been wait the big thing is what I do on those is ones I've been holding out on yeah. for a long time watch list I for, yeah, yeah I forget a lot for sure. um I always go to Black Friday or on on Thursday I always go to um uh, see what Walmart has for Blu-rays and DVDs um just because they're usually I get one or two that I really want uh-huh. um I honestly have always counted on for the last decade plus on Best Buy. But as they have completely gutted their Blu-ray it just DVD selection, on which ones you go to? Uh, all of them that I've been to. Well, so one far thing I'll gutted. say is that what they're not gutted on, um, and this is the reason I'm going, is 4Ks. Um, oh yeah, the, yeah, that they actually keep good stock of. Um, so yeah, because they've got some pretty good ones. Like I mean, the the big ones like the Marvel movies and the Star Wars movies, like 15, which is still pretty good for a, a 4K. But like they've got a lot of them are like 7.99. Sure. Um, well, and they always have. I mean, they have some. I mean, fire sale doorbuster stuff. Yeah. Well, they're like two or three bucks. They had. I mean, Wonder Woman on 4K last year for nine dollars or ten bucks. Yeah, and it I just, picked it up, yeah. and it, it just come out. You yeah. know. So I yeah. mean. Things like that, but exactly. I mean, um, yeah, this is usually the only time of year I buy mainstream movies. Yeah, right. well, and they have a lot of um. I'm best... hoping, and usually the day of, they put a lot of stuff up. So I'm hoping one of these places, Amazon or whatever, will have like Mandy for like six bucks or something. Sure. Oh, speaking of Mandy, I just got um. I don't know if you've seen it. That was like an HMV exclusive. It was like oh, the VHS one. Like a one. Videotape. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just got that. Um, I had a buddy who has a buddy that lives in uh in the UK, and he had oh, that sent nice. over for us. That's oh, nice. And I just open up it's really good it's got a it's got a poster inside um and it's cool because the poster like looks like old vhs art like it's still the cover of mandy like the, yeah. the really good art one but it like looks like it's like vhs um and then it's got a, a trading card in there um and a sticker as well which is pretty cool um and it does like it looks like those stranger things ones where it's like you open it up it looks like it's yeah like a VHS. i prefer those and i like it a lot more than those like the crow and big trouble ones because it actually yeah. is a big box that looks like a big box vhs well the reason i like the crow and big trouble ones versus the one with the inside it's a mm-hmm. slip cover yeah i totally. like slip covers so yeah, yeah no me too um no awesome those well, are no i mean what i'm saying with big Best Buy is, I mean, I'm not, I haven't been to every store, but every store oh, I've yeah, been no, to terrible, in the Valley area, I'm counting on Best Buy exclusives, Steelbooks, 4K. Yeah, sure. Um, but other than that, I mean, that's they, all I go in there for. I go in for for 4K movies and I go in for Steelbooks yeah. that are like exclusive. But now that they got rid of the CDs, so they mm-hmm. got it all that out, which I mean, understandable. I haven't looked at CDs at Best Buy in at least ten years. Well, yeah. no, but I mean, yeah. there. But for you, what I'm saying is, is how the store demographic works yeah. or how it looks now mm-hmm. um the layout is um yeah, yeah I mean, and now the movies is 
two or three sections, small sections, mm-hmm. and then they have maybe a couple pop up or end caps, and they have that's it. Yeah, they're that's done. all they usually do for Black Friday is they have a bunch of custom end caps. So but they're, all... but I mean, now their regular stock is so limited. So I'm guessing is they're just going to have the bins full of and yeah. you know the cheap uh, cardboard. Yeah, you know, yep. here's our specials. That's here's exactly our here's our door yeah. busters. It's going to be the big done. cardboard yeah. towers. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. Be. But I meant I think they're going to have stock specifically for the sale. Yeah, exactly. Whereas in previous years they were just discounting. They're merchandise doing a lot of like, store. and this is what I like about uh, Best Buy is they're doing a lot of like all week long things, um, where a lot of the things that you can get in store starting really to you know Thanksgiving Day they're going to open at five. So in Black Friday, obviously. Um, but they're doing a lot of that same stuff online with free shipping. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I, I actually picked up a PlayStation VR again. I'd had one, um, but then like it had some technical issues. So I sold it or I didn't sell it. I returned it to Amazon. Um, and it was like $500 at the time. And now they have that exact bundle with everything plus more, but it's only 250 um, for this week only. And that's like a Black Friday deal. But they're doing that online starting Monday with free shipping. So that was my big thing. I yeah, like I will a, say if I didn't have a PlayStation, that uh, two hundred dollar PlayStation, yeah, with one terabyte, the, is a great the, yeah, deal. it's insane. That Spider Man deal is ridiculous. Like, it's almost like, dude, even if you're not a gamer, freaking get a PlayStation. Like, I'm almost thinking about getting a second one for my house just because it's so cheap. Yeah, like, that's such a deal. I mean, Spider Man alone is sixty dollars. So, oh you're yeah, getting a PlayStation for hundred forty no, bucks. I got the Uncharted one like a couple years. Well, ago. That's what I have, and yeah. it's like. I, you know, it's like I I couldn't wait because there were just too many games I wanted to play. But now it's like, I mean, my big thing too is the storage. Wine and I want a terabyte yeah. instead of a yeah. Instead I mean, of that Spider Man one doesn't have a TB, does it? Does it have a terabyte? Yeah, it's a terabyte. I think it's a Are terabyte. you yeah. serious? Oh my god, that yeah. is stupid. It is. That's ridiculous. Well, it's a great deal because it, you, if you have a regular PlayStation, you need to buy like one of those drives, and one of those drives is at least a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. That's where the I mean, yes in. and no. You just like, I mean, I've never yeah. had an issue. I've got a oh. 500, but like, I just uninstall stuff. I'm never playing yeah. enough things at one time that I actually need all that space, you know? True. Oh, no, but I mean, with certain, like, Doom fucking was such a oh, yeah. breaker on uh, space, and there's a few other ones. Oh, well, yeah, dude. I think it was uh, uh, 90 gigs is how, yeah. it has, how big Doom was. Yeah, it was Yeah, massive. it was ridiculous. Absolutely. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, there's definitely deals out there and stuff. I mean... I was, this was the most, I think I mentioned on one of the podcasts, the most underwhelmed I've ever been by a, a Prime Day. I bought yeah. one Blu-ray the whole sale. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, honestly, Amazon's gotten so chaotic with their sales that I have difficulty, even in the app well, and stuff, and you realize, out. You realize that, you know, Prime is trying to find value in other things because now the thing they're doing is uh, experiential benefits for Prime. Like, you get to see, like, think a uh, Aquaman two weeks early if you're a Prime member. What? Yeah, they did a thing. You can go on Amazon and buy tickets to see uh, special screenings of Aquaman, like uh, like a week or two before it comes out, like they did with Jumanji. Okay. So that's going to be their new thing now. We're like, oh, hey, be a Prime member, get to see movies. Before I canceled other my Prime months ago and I haven't looked back. <laughs> oh, see, I love Prime. Prime yeah. is one of the only thing that pays for itself over and over again yeah. every year. It's the only one that, for me, that does. It did go up in um, price. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it did. It went up in price. Now. And honestly, I just found that like, I'd rather order stuff off of eBay. And genuinely, like I'm getting about the same prices, if not a little bit lower on eBay. Um, and I also just like, I don't know. You know, it screw, just depends. Screw, screw Jeff Bezos. Like, I'm just like, I'm just like done with that company in general. 
Like, but I mean, they're not done with you. No, I hey, they're they're gonna get my money for that uh, revenge. So you know, they're gonna get their yeah. revenge on me. So it's okay. Yeah. No, it's I mean, there's just but I just I overall I mean even online. I mean, there's definitely a few sites I'll be hitting up. I mean, I hope for the sake of my wallet, it won't be as brutal yeah, this year. Right. But I have noticed over the last yeah. couple of years, I'm just, there's just less and less. It, like you said, I, Jar Victor mentioned, this is one of the only times I buy mainstream movies. Yeah. Unless I find them used for like super cheap because I, most movies I just don't watch again ever. Yeah. And that's why I've even cut back on buying a lot of the special editions and superfluous ones. Because there's just not enough space. You're absolutely in there. right, dude. Like I do this all the time. Like I buy these movies and I watch them the day they come out, and then I don't watch them again. But damn it, if it's not great for that once yeah, every three months, that I, I really have a hankering to watch this movie. I know. Well, and that's you why you, that's why you buy them. That's why you keep them. Right. And, and I mean, honestly, some of them it's just like I'm just very careful on buying stuff more and more on day one or whatever. Yeah, it's but true. then the the the, the eternally we've talked about the the hitches is that. If you don't buy something, certain things are so limited. No, you're right. You know, you're out. I've already been out so many things. Well, and that's and how they got me because they, they got me on those Best Buy Steel books now, like especially for the 4K ones, which like you'll be lucky yeah. if those last like a couple of days. Yeah, I'm so oh, yeah. over that the the Steel book thing. They like you know I was really into them, and then it's like I don't know. The one thing I say about Steelbooks is they keep their value. You know, like they definitely do. Like, in fact, they a lot of times go up in value. Oh, yeah. So that's the one thing I feel better about actually poning up and getting the Steelbook because at least unlike all other film uh, forms of physical media, it's actually going to keep or go up. That and limited, truly limited editions, like ones that are only like a few thousand. Yeah. That and I mean, I always tell people is, is I go. When the slip cover is worth more than the movie itself, <laughs> right. you know you made the right investment. Yeah. Like Vinegar Syndrome, their slip covers are worth more than the movie is worth. Yeah. So, because they'll sell their movies every year. They have two, they have a Memorial Day sale and a Black Friday sale, and they'll always go up. So, I mean, I don't know. And some of the sets, you know, that like Arrow or Criterion or some yeah. of the other ones put out, you know, pretty soon, Shout Factory. You know, they go up so fast. And it's right. not trying to make a speculative market. That's not the point here. I'm just saying, if you can get cheap on Black Friday, I would buy it yeah. because it's it, you well, can always sell it again. There's a lot of those movies. And again, if, like, if it wasn't for the Steelbooks, but it's like I was looking at all the movies Best Buy has cheap right now. And like I own all of them, you know, like other than a few of them. And it's like they're like, you know, 10, 15 bucks. I'm like, I paid 35 and a lot of well, 35 for the Steelbook. But it's like, dang it, you know, because like if I just would have waited... Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's always right. the issue yeah. with everything. And that's the thing. I just stopped. Like, I don't buy Marvel movies anymore in physical. It's just. I've got that... to. I've got to have my collection. I've got all of them. I need to get the rest of them, man. In <laughs> fact, right now, because Ant Man and the Lost was out, I own every single Marvel movie. And I will until March. Saying. Living the dream. But yeah, and then that's the thing. Like, I know there's some other. I'm waiting for Ringside Collectibles to start their Black Friday so I can hopefully get the the their last NWO Hogan figure for like under thirty bucks. I almost got it for the fifteen percent off. It would have been like I think twenty five, but five was shipping, so it'd been thirty. I'm like, I don't really want to pull the trigger for thirty bucks. Yeah, you know, I just want that one because the way they did both of those is like the accessories are mixed. So if you want to get the right version, you got to get the accessories that come with that one. Like yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah, no, that's the way it is with everything. I mean, it's just one of those. I mean, Mafex does that with the, all of their like uh, releases. Oh yeah, we have an extra head for that uh, Batman figure you bought last year, so now that it's correct, 
motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> also why, um, as we sit here in Victor's room, his <laughs> temple of pussy kryptonite, uh, um, I, that's why I got out of it. I, I really, you know what? I The one big thing with toys that I stopped it, doing is, As we've never been to Kirby's house. Yeah, never. shit. Yeah. Good God, man. No, you've you've got an amazing room. I just have to say that because I'm contractually obligated to. Mine is just an absolute mess of of the hoard. I I have uh, had to buy another couple things of shelving. I bought another three D Tolf ones because I've just hit a point. I own so much shit that I can't get anymore. I, I, you know, I have the one D Tolf for vinyl stuff, but uh, you know, I like it would look. I saw there, there's this uh, one YouTube channel. Is uh, this guy who unboxes toys? He has a D Tolf jam full of figures like it's a fucking shelf and then he's got all these other like broken shelves with toys on it uh-huh. it just looks sad like this like oh my god like you bought a detox because you're proud and then it became the slippery slope into being a toy hoarder yeah no i like it. honestly i've i, I just want to know what you commented <laughs> like, i didn't i just watched oh, the video in, like, oh, I this, in like this me. weird feeling because like i've got my four detolfs that are like filled but then like no, I, I meant like it's like, just like yeah. crammed. Like if you open it, shit oh would yeah, fall no, out. Yeah, I would yeah. never do that. But like I like because like now I've got that. Like I don't even really feel the need to get many things like toys anymore. You know, it's like I do feel in terms of toys. Like okay, I filled my details. I have no space for any more. I have no place to display this. I'm just not going to buy it. Mm. You know, so like I'll get like the occasional thing. I just buy the only thing I enjoy right now. I I cannot stand. I will never. Ever, even if I really want, I will not buy any more statues. They are yeah. just too easy to break. There's too many issues. Um, I'm more into like one six scale stuff now. And and I'll, the one thing that has really changed, especially for horror, is that the NECA Ultimates are just the best option for figures, pretty much that you can buy. I, if I hadn't put so much time and money into some other figures, I would get rid of them. Like. I have, like, the complete Hellraiser collection from NECA. Oh, yeah. And I'll never get rid of those just because I Well, now they said so they're going to do an Ultimate Pinhead. And yeah, it's and like, that's I fine. have the original one, which looks nice, but I'm like, if they do an Ultimate one... Oh, yeah, I'll totally buy it. Yeah. But I won't buy the whole, like... You know, I'm not going to buy CD or something again. Or, no. Or Barbie or some of the other weird, like, ones from I'm, Korean. You know, yeah, that's the thing. I'm kind of, like, aside from Batman characters, I'm not really that into side characters anymore. You yeah. know, I, I like having the iconic main character, and I'm good with that. Yeah, and that's that's the way it works. But, I mean, and, yeah, I mean, that's in one in Black Friday I haven't even looked into. So you'll have to uh, talk. You'll have to email Victor to find out what the good Black Friday toy deals are. Because yeah. I have no idea, unless you want to share right now. Um, Just bas- basically, I'm like, Sideshow has a lot of stuff for 1-6 than, like, statues. But, like. You know, that's very like high end. But do they have any? Do they have a major sale going on? For yeah, like... I think they do. Um, and then they always discount stuff. Um, aside from that, like I said, the main reason I want that Hogan figure from Ringside is because it's a Storm Collectibles figure. Storm Collectibles does these like seven, like seven inch scale, like you know, one twelve scale figures, and they have lots of good licenses. Stuff I want next year, like they have the uh, Injustice license. They do a uh, King of Fighters and um. Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. So those are four really good licenses and they're like super detailed. Um other than that, yeah, not much else that like, I'm really that into right now. Um I'll just give a, a quick shout out for Black Friday sales is uh Nakatomi Inc. Um they're doing 
They actually did a few years ago before Bernie Wrightson passed. They did a cycle of the werewolf yeah, like so. thing. It's like a that has this really cool like portfolio set that comes with a bunch of prints, um, lithographs. How discounted it, is it? It's a hundred bucks. Ooh. Yeah, um, was that the original? Or was it two hundred originally? It was originally, um, I believe, it was originally three hundred. Then he marked it down to two hundred, and now for Black Friday, it's a hundred. I might have to look into that. Yeah, that's some of my favorite art. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It comes Again, with, like, an autographed my, uh... plate by Bernie Wrights. Yeah, and comes with like a pen. It comes in this really nice box. Yeah, my werewolf boner is pretty, pretty. Yeah, uh, full full moon currently. Yeah, so. exactly. Boner, well, and I'm just a, a word for the podcast, yeah. Bernie Wrightson, is such a huge fan of his. And again, like I mean, if something like this was released for Mondo, it would have never gone out down in price, and it would have been like sold out immediately. But it's because people don't know about Nakatomi. Um, I'm just telling you, like Man, this is there's huge. so many trend whores wagging on Mondo's dick. Yeah, I did want to say <laughs> um, ones that are good. Uh, both uh, so Hero Complex Gallery, Gray Matter Art, and uh, there's one other you one. Bottleneck. Bottleneck. Yeah. Bottleneck. All have mystery tubes, yeah. including some of their long sold out prints and stuff. So if you're into that, you want to roll the dice. There are some really nice prints in those. So yes. uh, from a variety of genres, you really can't lose. I unfortunately, that's another thing I just had to stop. I. I buy one or two prints on occasion, but this year I'm like, I, I have to stop. Yep. I don't have any room for any of these anymore. Yeah. So, yep, but good stuff. Um, but yeah. yeah. It's a good uh, good fall wrap-up there. Good fall wrap-up. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I was going to say, Victor, when he went through the full fall wrap, I'm like, I should have thought of more, but I'm like, man, I think we cover. I, I just became a prime whore and trying right. to... Josh, we lost his membership, <laughs> but you will be assimilated. There you go. Yeah, once I have a reason to come back, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much it. You've got a pretty good idea of most of the stuff that's coming out until, uh, you know, Thanksgiving. And then, you know, Creed 2, which I'm sure is not as good as the first one, but I'm still going to watch it on Thanksgiving. The first one's really good. Well, that's what I'm saying. The first one is good. Yeah. Creed 2 is Rocky for part two. You know, for what I'm hearing. And, but we'll see. I'm excited to watch it. And then, you know, we've got uh, some more movies on the horizon, like Aquaman, which who knows how that'll be. That'll be interesting. Shazam looks really good, but that's for next year. Does it? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I watched the trailer. I didn't know. I got to tell I'm excited. you, the movie I'm most excited for that isn't out yet is Happy Death Day to you. So that trailer looks I'm fucking very, awesome. I'm very, very excited for that one. Yeah. But, There's uh, a sequel to Happy Death Day? Yeah, oh, Happy Death you, Day. I don't know if that trailer's on the internet it, cool. yet, but dude, that trailer is amazing. It is so funny. I really like that first movie, yeah, for sure. So so, yeah. Yep. yep, but there you go. So we're going to get this one up this week, too, so you'll have an extra with me and Adam, and you'll have this one. And hey, we'll have more on the horizon. Let us know what you're interested in. We want to hear from you. Any and, screenings for the rest of your Victor? Um... And right now, it's just all the critic stuff, like Green Book and... Uh... No, any shows for the audience oh, oh, to check oh. out. Yeah, we just did... Uh, we just Pet did, Cemetery. Uh, Pet right? Cemetery yesterday for Terror Tuesday, and then in, in December, we're doing The Thing. So that'll always be fun. Yeah, okay. The yeah. Thing in winter. In winter. It's in winter. Ideal season for it. Totally. January, we're going to do a shocker. So that'll be fun. <gasps> cool. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah. I love Shocker. Yep, I love that movie. One of my favorites. Yay. Yeah. yeah, guys. Just stay tuned. You'll hear more about what we've got going on. And give us a like. Give us a shout. We're on the social media. See us around town. Say hey. 
Till next time, I'm Victor Moreno along with Kirby Nelson. Rest in peace, Stan Lee. Excelsior. Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble, motherfucker. <laughs> and Joshua T. Ruth. Go get stuffed. Awesome. Until next time, make my marvel. <laughs>